Hi, this is Tartugio. This is a podcast for geography and GIS lovers brought to you from the Department of Geography of the University of Tartu, Estonia. This show is brought to you by your hosts, myself, Tahmin, and Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi, Tahmin. For today's episode about teaching and curriculum development, we have the pleasure to introduce to you, our listeners, Barbara Hofer, who is Associate Professor at the University of Salzburg in the Department for Geoinformatics, the famous Zetkis. Hi, Barbara. Hello. So, Barbara, uh, can you please tell uh, something about your journey towards the geoinformatics in a few sentences for our listeners? Of course I can. What I was interested in when I started to studying were the questions that you could answer with geoinformatics. At that time, when I first read about a program in geoinformatics, there was an oil spill on one of the seas near Spain. Mm -hmm. And I thought, when I study geoinformatics, I can actually direct the rescuing boats and they can clean up the oil spill faster. Oh, oh, cool. That was how I got into geoinformatics. Although until this day, I never did anything with oil spills <laughs> and boats on the sea. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but the option is there. So um, what did you actually, how did you come to studying or wh which, which degree did you study? The first degree that I did was a um, diploma at the University of Applied Sciences in the south of Austria. So it was a four-year program where I learned the basic basics about geoinformation. And after these four years, I was only 22, and I thought, well, this is a bit too young for me to start working in a company until I'm 65. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided that I want to learn more. And I went to Vienna for starting a PhD. The program took a bit more than five years for me because I had to do one year of additional courses mm -hmm. to be allowed to study at the Vienna University of Technology to have the same level as mm -hmm. the students there. And I was doing my PhD on a very mathematical and theoretical topic because uh, at our chair in the Vienna University of Technology, all topics were rather theoretical. Okay. And after that, I was really ready for doing something more applied. And I did a postdoc at the Joint Research Center in Italy. Oh, cool. So I was doing project work and could finally apply something that I had learned about geoinformatics in the practice. So from there, how did you become the associate professor? The job at the Joint Research Center was coming to an end and I was looking for new opportunities. And I thought, okay, maybe it's good to go back to Austria. And I was offered a position as an assistant professor at the University of Salzburg. And when I started that position, I was a bit naive and I didn't really know what that all implies. I thought, okay, four hours of teaching a week, that's a piece of cake, I can do that. <laughs> Research for the next years, okay, I can up come up with my program and then fill it, fill Oh, sorry. No, you can just, it's okay. You and then um, fulfill all the requirements that I had to fulfill. And when I actually started the job, it turned out that it's way more complicated uh -huh. and harder than I thought. Uh -huh. So after a period of six years, mm -hmm. I finally submitted another thesis, a habilitation thesis, that allowed me to become associate professor. And besides the thesis, I had to show that I did a lot of teaching, that I had submitted projects, and that I really also kind of grow the reputation of my name in our community. Oh, cool. 
you, Baba. That's super interesting. Um, let's let's talk about a bit uh, your personal interests in, in geoinformatics. We, we we structure this question usually in sort of three little sub questions. What are your personal interests in research, in teaching, or in applied? projects or problem solving. Let's start with research. Do you have particular research interests in geoinformatics? Everyone has, because our domain is quite diverse, so you need to focus on something. The thing that I focused on was how to um, support people that want to do some spatial analysis when they use our technology, because I think the technology is improving, and it should be improving in a way that it makes the task of people easier and not more complicated. So I tried to look into that and capture the knowledge of, uh, some knowledge of the spatial analysis operations in a complex ontology and then use um, ways to use this ontological knowledge representation for a recommendation of spatial analysis operations during workflow development. The whole thing was really complicated. So what we have in the mind of a spatial analyst is really hard to be put in a system. But this is kind of the area that I work with. So knowledge representation, you can also think of linked data approaches. And uh, um, also all of this was included in these ideas of online geoprocessing for using a service-based workflow development environment. Wow, that that's uh, really cool. And uh, I, r I do uh, want to acknowledge um, that this bit from geoinformatics to representing knowledge in, in ontologies is, is quite an, a different step, is it? Well, of course it is. And oftentimes I was wishing that I had some computer science degree <laughs> where they actually learn about ontologies and knowledge representation techniques. So <laughs> I think in the end I found myself in a position that many people are facing when they are in the field of geoinformatics. They don't only need what we learned in our courses, but they need information from other domains. And this really is the case in our interdisciplinary field, right? Absolutely. Totally agree, Barbara. And uh, with this, let's uh, come to teaching. Um, today, or this week, we have the pleasure you having uh, giving a course on, on web mapping and web cartography here in Tartu. But uh, besides that, do you have um, other interests in teaching or, or preferences or experiences that you want to share with us? That's a good question. You know, when I first started off as a assistant professor in Salzburg, teaching was a requirement and I really didn't know what I was getting into. So I got some courses assigned to myself. I couldn't really choose. And then it was a weekly hazard <laughs> to prepare for the next week. In the meantime, there are some courses that I have done over a couple of years and they have evolved. And I think I got better in teaching. You learn how to balance the, the amount of content for every week that you don't overload the students and they really take something away from your course. My special interests in teaching, I do a lot with uh, cartography and visualization courses on bachelor and master levels, but this is also because it's a requirement from the department side. Cool, that is, that is pretty good. Um, lastly, uh, and maybe we use also this, this last bit of your, of your interest um, as a 
lead over to the um, general topic of curriculum development and um, the experiences. Um, your, your, your current projects and, and um, problem-solving approaches, as you presented here also, currently revolve around representing knowledge uh, in the domain of remote sensing and, and, and spatial analysis, GIS, uh, and put this into curricula. Um, yeah, maybe you could elaborate on that for, for a couple of minutes. Mm -hmm. So we are involved in, in a big EU project, uh, the eu for geo project. It's a sector skills alliance project with a lot of partners. And um, the task there is to prepare the workforce of tomorrow for the market in our domain. So the earth observation and the geoinformatics domain. And you kind of need to find out what people should learn today that makes them able to do their job tomorrow. Right. And this is really a challenge in our fast-changing environment. We, we all learned something, some toolboxes, some tools, some things that are not uh, state-of-the-art anymore. So we all know how quickly things are changing. We try to avoid um, coffee ground reading. We tried really to develop some methodologies that allow us to to take the trends into account and see how the tasks that people are doing on their jobs are going to evolve. But still it's quite a challenge to develop the curricula. And you also need to think uh, of the role that people play in their job. Are they really the ones who are Earth observation analysts who and who only do Earth observation analysis in their jobs, or are they the ones who are going to use some of the outcomes of an analysis and then focus more on interpretation and decision making? The idea behind that is to also increase the users of Earth observation information that is out there mm -hmm. and to make better known what we are creating in our field and make that use in new applications mm -hmm. and new application fields. Yeah. Tahmin, um, uh, you, you are uh, in the master's program here and uh, you basically started half a year ago, mm -hmm. roundabout. So I was a little bit involved in the curriculum development for your master's and I remember also discussions that we have with staff regarding what should be in your curriculum being sort of a little bit future-oriented, what are we aiming for to enable you to be able to, to, to do later? Um, uh, maybe I, I pass uh, over to you here and um, uh, maybe you have some questions. Yeah. So um, regarding to your question, uh, of course, um, though I'm very new to this field, but I think the things that we're learning here uh, is quite... Uh, um, quite related with the uh, practice that goes on the real world because I participated in a hackathon and different companies or um, even uh, Art Observatory uh, Committee, they were looking into the uh, tools or uses of the data that they provide and how uh, young people or new generation people can come up with different solutions or uh, problem-oriented uh, uses of those data where they can create newer sectors uh, where they ca these data can be very useful. 
so i think yeah this is very an, an uh, very important uh, aspect of uh, dealing with this uh, kind of data especially in the newer age where everything is changing very quickly so people need to adapt to those changes very quickly as well and regarding to that topic um, that issue uh, i want to ask barbara that what do you think is the gis world in general in future is going to be like we know of course that is changing but in specific uh, how it's how it is changing in future or what do you think is going to be like in future like um, are we we are already talking about in different technical aspect in ai development um, so it's uh, the GIS, uh, is, is there any possibility of um, those kind of development in GIS in future as well? Well, if I would know how things are going to develop, I think I would be rich very soon. <laughs> <laughs> but my take on this is that we see already now that we have more and more data coming in and the challenge is to make sense out of this data. However, we are going to do that. Um, so we need people who are open to new techniques, like you said. You need to have some foundation and then you need to be open to find solutions based on what you know and you need to be ready to learn additional things, additional tools and methods uh, to really get there. And the challenge will be to make sense out of the data, even more data, faster changing data. And uh, because you are involved in curriculum development, you have more specific thoughts on which methods we should learn or we should develop in order to make sense uh, of the data? Well, what, what I would recommend is that you try to understand the concepts behind the things. You still have to understand what you are doing with the new methods that you apply. Mm. And then you will be able to, to go on from there. Mm. So, if my recommendation would be uh, what students should learn to be successful tomorrow, I think I would say that try to understand what is happening when you apply a method. And one way to go there is to look into programming. Hmm. Then you see what a method does and you, you can pick up this, the steps that it's going through and you really can relate it to uh, the concepts behind the method. And I think this is um, a good foundation to, to improve. Uh, uh, thank you, Barbara. And what, what is your own uh, outlook towards GIS? What do you want to achieve working in the GIS in the future? I personally would like that people from domains who are application domains of geoinformatics have more easy access to our spatial analysis tools for answering their questions. That's what I really would like to achieve. And it's a long way to, to go there. Just think of the way how we interact with a geoinformatics tool. Mm -hmm. You need a, quite some training to understand mm -hmm. how, how mm -hmm. to use it. So how should someone from the health domain or another yeah. domain do all, all the same things? Yes. Yeah. So I would like to make the job of people trying to answer some spatially related questions easier. And I think I have a lot of work to do. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. I mean, we are also here to help you with that, you know, like in, in, in the different universities, I think uh, those concepts 
uh, are being understood and also embraced that um, there will be more technical, but we still it's still humans who have to do that. And uh, of course, the new students that uh, or new generation coming up here, they um, we're going to guide them. And in order to guide them, what single advice, maybe you, s you summarized it before, but maybe what single advice would you give a current GIS students on, on their way? Well, as I said before, I think concepts are important and the concepts that you learn when you program stuff. And besides that, um, be open, keep learning, develop also your transversal skills. So your skills to communicate with others, maybe your entrepreneurial skills of how to build your own business. And then I think you, you will have a good future ahead of you. Thank you very much, Barbara. Thank you. <laughs> and this concludes our episode today. And we would like to thank Barbara. Thanks, Barbara, for coming. Thanks, Damien and Alex, for interviewing me. And like everywhere, please like, share and subscribe. We'd also be happy if you have some feedback for us. See you in the next episode.